Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast today, Sunday, August 7, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for today. Thank you for all who have joined this broadcast. Thank you for those who will bring into the fold. May your perfect will be done in all who are waiting for your appearing. In Jesus' name we pray. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon wherever this message, this gospel will be preached. That it shall lead to the salvation of many. And to the turning back from destruction of so many others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's great to be here with you again today. Today's topic is very close to my heart. First, let's acknowledge our brother Caleb Brassi, his instrumental. We take from him most times. We continue with our Actions Have Consequences series. The series outline. We have already covered the first board, as you see. Last Sunday, we spoke on so much merchandising of God's grace. That was item seven on the board. Today, we'll be speaking on the sense of God in the millennial reign of Christ. We're going to find out who are those saints of God, their characteristics, and whom they emulate. So we go to today's topic, the sense of God in the millennial reign of Christ. The outline, introduction. Number two, because they believed and followed in their lost steps. See, this is a complete sentence. Number three says his followers became the world's rejects. They became the scorn of the world, the hatred of the world. And they are the sense of God and the kings of the kingdom. And so we're going to sing a song of joy for those who have believed and who will believe. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Praise the Lord. Introduction. We have been speaking on actions and consequences for several weeks now. That's actions have consequences. Let me emphasize that by consequences we mean those things that result from our actions or inactions or the outcome of those actions. The same thing. Consequences can be positive or negative. Even though many people see it as something negative. No. If you do a good deed, the consequence will be a good deed too. Let's look at the question. The consequence of sin or unbelief is what? Death. Because the Bible said the wages of sin is what? Death. And what do you say about the gift of God? It's eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the consequence of faith in Christ and believing and living out the life of Christ in you is what? Eternal life. So consequence for one is death, 
The consequence of the other is what? Life. So those who have truly believed and are following the Lord faithfully should be excited about today's topic. Should be, you should be excited. No matter your circumstance or situation, whatever you are passing through, just remember as we continue that you are greater than everything in this world because a king in the kingdom of God is greater than anything in this world. Praise the Lord. Your present suffering or challenges will turn into a glorious outcome. Praise the Lord. Though you are hated, because if truly you preach the gospel of Christ, you can't be loved by the world. You'll be hated. They may smile, but they hate you. Be comforted knowing that you're a king in that only kingdom which matters. Only the kingdom of God matters. The kingdoms of this world will pass away. Start from the time of Babylon to the revived Roman Empire, which we know is now our present time. And they will pass away. But the kingdom of God endures forever. And if you believe that you're a king in that kingdom already, you may not be sensing it or knowing it with your situation. But the truth is, you are. Praise the Lord. We go to number two. Because they have believed and followed in their lost steps. That's the last topic or the next item. Scripture, please. I read from John chapter 17, verses 14 to 20. I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 14. I've given them your word. That's for the followers of who will be his followers. And the world hates them. So if you're a believer and the world doesn't hate you, you are not of the fold. It means you are Keeping your light so that nobody will know the truth. Because the day you begin to manifest the presence, allow Christ in you to manifest, you'll be hated. Because the Bible says, and the world hates them, that follow us, because they do not belong to the world. Those believers who continue to dance and jive with the world, you don't you belong to the world, you're not of the kingdom. Just as I do not belong to the world, that's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He's not, he didn't ask Father in verse 15 to take his followers out of the world. No, because they must keep the testimony. But they keep themselves from the who? Evil one. Who? The devil and his gods. Verse 16. They do not belong to this world. Just as I do not belong. Those are the followers of Christ. Those are the ones I'm addressing today. And if you think you're excluded, they become a follower of Christ in truth and in spirit. Verse 17, he said, make them holy. That means separate by your truth. Only God's word is truth. And only God's word separates us from the world. Teach them your word. Only those who I believe can hear the voice of the Son of God. 
which is truth. And just in verse 18, you sent me into the world. The Lord says he's sending his followers what? Into the world. So he can't be sending you into the world and you are not preaching the gospel of Christ. The gospel is not in your closet. Your closet is where you meet him and converse with your father in heaven. After that, he asks you to take your light out so you can shine in the dark world. So that some may believe. And in verse 19, he says, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. He died so that you and I will emulate him. Not that so that we'll be able to go and become like the world. Just as a posted worldly Christianity teaches you people and many people. But not those of you who have believed and know him. Next scripture, please. John chapter 16, verse 3. I have told you all this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. You're a child of God, you say. Okay. Then you shouldn't have peace in the world. The only peace you have is with the Lord Jesus Christ. You say you're a child of God and you've not had trials and sorrows. Then you are not, either you are not, or you are not really preaching the gospel or living it out. Because if you do, the, the Lord has said you are going to have many trials and sorrows here. So stop complaining and rejoice. Because you see, as we continue explicating the scriptures today, you see why you have to rejoice. Even in your sufferings, even in the midst of challenges and trials. Because when you are being tried, when you are facing problems, know that the Lord Jesus Christ is there with you because he promised you that. That's how part of you have to know who is a child of God. Know those the number of cars and houses they build. Know the number of cathedrals they build. All those things they teach in many of those places. Those are the servants of the devil. Any true gospel will tell you that the way to eternal life is through suffering. It's through trials because you preach the gospel of Christ. Because you're living out the gospel, not because of anything else. The moment you compromise with the world, you are friends with the world. And you're an enemy of God. But that's what they're doing to the many of these cathedrals around the world. Everybody shouting hallelujah to this an enemy of God. In those cathedrals, because you are not preaching the gospel. The gospel is not about worldly prosperity. It is about suffering to identify with him. Praise the Lord. Next scripture, please. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. Praise the Lord. All you have to do is read the books of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. See throughout Christ's sojourn on earth, the moment he started his earthly ministry, it was complete suffering, accusations. It was everything they tried to make his life terrible. That's how you and I are supposed to live too. If we are truly preaching the gospel, we will equally be walking in the steps of him who has called us. The reason you win is because you're a king, as we're going to come to that. And this world has nothing to do with you. 
So if they're not coming after you, something is wrong with your Christian life. Something is wrong. If they love you, oh yes, they love you so much. Oh, the big archbishops and Jews, they love you so much. No, you're not a child of God because you don't represent my king, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Next scripture, please. John chapter 1, verse 1, 11. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. Have they rejected you in your communities? In your, if they have not rejected you, you have not really preached the gospel of Christ. He came unto his own, the children of Israel, who were waiting for the Messiah. And they rejected him. And killed him. So we go to the next item. His followers became the worst rejects. That's where we are coming. If you truly are walking in the steps of Christ, you'll be rejected by the world and you're going to suffer. Let us now see examples of those who suffered. Those who are going to be with you and I by God's grace in eternity. Scripture, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 27. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Praise the Lord. That is the testimony of our brother Paul. The, that lost apostle to the Gentiles. The one apostle that has the greatest influence in Western Christianity. Look at the description of what he, he suffered. At the hands of both the Jews and the Gentiles. So many imprisonments, so many lashings. Which culminated, of course, in his execution in Rome. He's describing this in Corinthians, to the Corinthian church. More like telling them that the way to the Lord is not through all the right matters in 21st century apostate church gatherings. But through suffering in Christ, in the author some of his epistles from prison, he didn't say, Lord, why can't you deliver me? He knows the Lord could deliver him. But he also knows he has to serve the Lord. I had to follow his example. And by being rejected like his Lord, he identifies and he knows that his place as a king in the kingdom of God is assured. Scripture, please. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 to 40. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free 
They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Praise the Lord. This is the testimony of people like you and I in the early church. Because before you might say, but that's Apostle Paul. These are just ordinary floor members, if you want to say, like you and I. Women received their loved ones back again from there, but others were tortured. Watch. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection because they knew that they are kings and queens in the kingdom of God. Some were jeered at in verse 36. Their backs were cut open with whips. It's not the type of whipping they do today. If you see what the tongues they use, it tears the body. Others were chained in prisons, yet they never rejected. They never said, what is that worldly prosperity? Well, the prosperity was then on too. But they were not willing to go that route. They were willing to suffer for their Lord and maintain the gospel, the truth. Some died by stoning, verse 37. Some were sold in half. Others were killed with a sword. People like James. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and clothes, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. Some would have said, where is you, the God of prosperity? Does that tell you that Christ came into this world to make you rich in worldly prosperity? They are wicked. Anybody speaking worldly prosperity in any pulpit is wicked. Christ didn't die so that you and I will become rich with worldly goods. They will surely have been the richest people in the world. Verse 38, but they were too good for this world. They were too good for this world. The saints of God are too good for this world. If you are a saint of God, you are too good for this world. Of wandering over deserts and mountains. Hiding in caves and holes. Because any that identify this person is a follower of Christ, you could be killed. I love the verse 38. The way New International Version translated it. He said the world was not worthy of them. The world is not worthy of you and I. I don't care even if you're in prison suffering now. If they're persecuting you, it does not matter. The world is not worthy of you so long as you're holding the testimony of Jesus Christ. Because he that is in you is greater than everything in this world, including all the emperors, queens, kings, presidents, founders of whatever. All these Jews who are misleading me also, Christless eternity. You are greater than all of them. Whether you are a servant in their house, whether you are their driver, whether you are the cook, if Christ is in you, you are greater than all of them. I want you to take this home today. The world is not worthy of children of God. But that should make you proud. Because the grace given to us is free. But it should make you in your suffering to know, I am the king's son. Not to a lot of others, no. But knowing that a day is coming. 
The day is coming when you are going to see your Lord and be with him in glory. Praise the Lord. Next scripture, please. Revelations chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Verse 11. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. Praise the Lord. Hear now the testimony of the martyrs of Christ, who those who were killed for their faith in God before the tribulation. This is their own testimony. The souls are crying out. When the fifth seal is opened in the book of Revelation. This is their testimony. They died. Rather than submit to the world's rules that opposed God. Note something in verse 11. Then a white robe was given to each of them. I want you to note that, the white robe. Not the ones people wear some of these churches. They're white. No, no, no. The robe that is white that is given to you is from God. It's not manly or humanly made robes, please. Scripture, please. Revelations chapter 7, verses 13 to 15. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, Who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Praise the Lord. Note this now. And this is a testimony of those who will be martyred during the tribulation. When the Antichrist will be ruling the world. And we'll be taking the mark of the beast. Many will be killed. This is their own testimony. So I've given you a testimony of one person. Symbolizing for all other apostles. And then I gave testimony in the early church. Those who were martyred. Who died, suffered, everything. Then we gave you a testimony of those who have been, who have been killed. Even as we are now. In some countries, whether even in Africa or in Asia, where people are being killed today even for their faith. I know a country where I happen to come from. You say Jesus in some part of the country, they're going to kill you. And people will continue to cover it up. Some of your Jews are in bed with the rulers from those places. Yes! And you say there's no God. Oh, there is God. There is God! And His judgment is coming. And very soon too. Testimony of those who are martyred for their faith during the tribulation. So, remember again, white. The white, is says, though your sins has can make them as white as snow. Only the blood of the lamb cleanses it and make it white. So all these people are going to be wearing white as we're going to see in the next segment. That's what I want you to know. Because they are the sins of God. The spotless ones. Spotless not by their own righteousness, but by the righteousness of God. That righteousness will clothe them in white. 
The white that is made not with human hands. And they are the kings in the kingdom of God. Next, uh, yes, kings, correct. And the saints of God and the kings of the kingdom. That's who you are if you are listening to me today. If you are faithful to the gospel of Christ. Not just believing it, but living it and proclaiming it. Remember what I said? Believe, live it out, and proclaim it. No one element you miss. Scripture, please. Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 to 16. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, These are true words that come from God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you. And your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith, in Jesus. Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. Verse 14, the armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty like juice flowing from the wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Praise the Lord. We don't have time to explicate all, but what I want you to take away from this, and go back and watch the broadcast letter as again, or read it from the script of the Bible, is as the world is facing their tribulation, not the tribulation, sorry, as the world is facing the woes, the plagues that God is going to send down after during the great tribulation when all the saints have been raptured. That's when the tribulation, that's when the rapture will happen. Not before, nobody's going, if you're a child of God, going before tribulation. You are going to face Antichrist tribulation if you're alive. I will face it if I'm alive. I'm faithful. The only thing is, the moment the saints are raptured, just like Noah was taken in the ark, the woes will come. It is the period of these woes we are talking about. As the world is facing the woes, all those things happening on earth, the saints of God and the ark of heaven having the wedding feast of the Lamb. If you read our book, Countdown to Eternity, we made a description of all this. I encourage you to go back and read if you are not following. We are following it exactly the way we believe it's going to happen according to the scriptures. During this wedding feast is what we are talking about. And when the wedding feast finishes, that means all the woes are past. That's when the Lord is going to come to destroy the Antichrist and the armies. And that's what they're describing here. From that wedding feast till they culminated, coming up from heaven. Watch what were they dressed in. 
white. So if you have not been made white by the righteousness of God because you believed, you are not can't be in that army. If I'm not, I can't be in that army. Those army of the kings following their king of kings and lord of lords. Next scripture, please. Revelations chapter 20 verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Praise the Lord. You see why I say that, kings? They reign with the Lord for what? A thousand years. You see, once I'm in this heaven, with the sense of God, all the four categories that we mentioned before, they're coming down to earth to destroy the Antichrist and his army. And they're going to reign on earth for a thousand years. And the saints will be the kings. The already kings potentially there because, but that's when in actuality it will manifest. So from the foregoing, we can summarize that the world's rejects have the following things in common. That's those who have been rejected by the world in truth. If you have not been rejected by the world, I tell you, go and check your spiritual life. But if you have been rejected by the Lord, hear me now. These are the things that the world's rejects have in common. They have an unwavering faith in God. Not faith in the words they proclaim that bring things to pass. That is, uh, that is necromancy. That's sorcery. I'm talking about faith in God that God is able. God will do if when he so chooses. God's will will be done. That's unwavering faith in God. God will bring to pass everything he has promised. And he has not promised us worldly prosperity. I want anybody here yeah, to quote from verse or two. That's rubbish. That's nonsense. Those that will live with Christ will suffer God, will suffer godly who want to get. There are scriptures for that. Let's not go there. That's another topic another day. So they have a wavering faith in God and they have rejected the world. That means they turn their backs on the world. They turn their backs to Egypt. They don't desire the things in Egypt. They only want to do the will of God. The sense of God endured much hardship. Those who are alive will continue to endure much hardship. They did not become sense because you work hard or I work hard. Those who genuinely have been rejected by the world are saints because they believed in the Son of God. They surrendered their everything. I said everything. Their life, spirit, soul, and body, time, talents, and whatever resources God has given them with thankfulness for having saved them from the dungeons of Satan and the world. And when I mean resources, I don't mean give them to these wicked men and women of the bed who continue to steal from their congregants. I don't mean those. God will guide you in what you do with your life. In your spirit, in your soul, in your body, with your time, with the talents he has given you, with resources he has given you. Only he, because he's your father. He's my father. No man or woman should tell you how to utilize the resources God has given you. Only he will guide you to do those things. But the primary thing first is what? Live a holy life. Live a sanctified life, a life that's separate from the world. Trusting in Him, believing in Him, and listening to the inner spirit that is guiding your spirit. The Holy Spirit indwelling you. 
And as you do, you will know how to do everything with your time, talents, money, whatever it is that you have or don't have. No, not the ones you don't have. Like those who pledge, believing that they're not going to win a lottery. Their total surrender to Christ, remember, the rejects of the world. That's what made them rejects. Meant that they had died to the world. And it's lost. And cleave to their Lord who saved them. And because of that total surrender to their Lord. Note why sometimes you say you have a problem, you can't afford, you go dragging to that sin that used to be said, you know. Because you will not allow Christ in you to manifest. One that I hope I'll be able to give a proper understanding of this matter. But what I want to say is this, if you totally surrender your life and really regard nothing but whom you have believed, Christ in you will begin to manifest. He will begin to give you the enabling to do things. And when you are doing those things, they are no longer you doing them, but Christ in you doing them. And nothing can withstand Christ in you when he is walking. When Christ is walking through you, neither the devil nor the world can overcome you. Though they suffered much, they were persecuted and imprisoned. And even killed for their faith, they never lost sight of their king. They never lost sight of their Lord. You see, when you have that hope, I say, have him there. It doesn't matter what you're suffering. I know my God is great. No matter what I'm passing through, he will see me through. That's your confession of faith. Hold fast to it. Remember the three Hebrew children. He said, even if God does deliver us, he's still God. They never lost sight of who their king is. No matter their situation. And that should be yours and mine. We must not lose sight of our kingdom. We are not of this earth. We are children of the kingdom of God. And they never lost the values of the kingdom. When you are a kingdom child, you know who your king is. You know who your father is. And no matter what else they do, you know that it doesn't matter. One day, I will be there. But even now, I'm experiencing him because I believed. During their sojourn on the earth, they knew their kingdom was not of this world. Just as their Lord and Savior told the governor of Judea, Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. You belong to heavenly kingdom, my brothers and sisters. Those of you who have been faithfully watching this broadcast and sharing the messages, you belong to the kingdom of God because you have believed. Help others to know these truths. And pray for them and pray with them so that God may deliver them. Because I said that feeding from the vine, they cannot prosper. If they're feeling from these wicked men and women of the belly, oh, they're taking them away. But God in his glory will continue to deliver them. Continue to pray. Praise the Lord. You and I must continue to wait for that continuing city. That city with their foundations. That city whose maker is God. And that's the kingdom of heaven. Even in their days of rejection, and that means you are either emulating the saints who have gone. They knew that they were the kings of the kingdom. You must take it to yourself to them a king in the kingdom of God. And when you do it, mean it. And ask God to bless you with the grace to surmount whatever is standing before you.
place with them. God has rewarded. You see, the reward is already there. <laughs> with what is indescribable in human words. Scripture, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Praise the Lord. Did you hear that? It says, no eye has seen, no ears have heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That means there are no earthly words to describe the beauty and the glory that awaits all those who believe or who have believed. And that's your lot today, my brothers and sisters, who have believed. That also can be the lot of whoever believes through our gospel. The gospel that is enshrined in the scriptures. We preach no other gospel but that which saves which is for eternal life, not for worldly life. If you want worldly life teachings, go someplace else. But if you want food for the spirit that will enable you to grow and grow and grow and help others to grow, this is the place for you and places like this. Because we're going to sing a song. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. How sweet the name of Jesus Yeshua sounds. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It suits his or her sorrows. It heals his or her wounds and drives away his or her fear. The name of Jesus, Yeshua. The name of Jesus makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. It is manna to the hungry soul. And to the weary, the name of Jesus gives rest. Dear name, that's the name of Jesus. The rock on which I build. My shield and hiding place. My never failing treasury field with boundless stores of grace. Grace that will continue to guide us, continue to lead us until that day we see him in glory. Jesus is my shepherd. He's also my brother. He's my friend. He's your friend. He's also my prophet, my priest, and my king. He's my Lord, my life, my way, my end, and yours too. Accept the praise I bring, oh Father God. My Lord and my God, your son Jesus is my King oh, and my Lord. Weak is the effort of my heart and cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, when I call out your name, I praise thee as I ought to do. Till then, I would love, I would, I would thy love proclaim to the world with every freaking breath in me and may the music of thy name refresh my soul in death. Please, my brothers and sisters, 
re-hear this broadcast. Rewatch this broadcast. If you're a child of God, there are so many things there for you. Only for you to eternalize them. And the grace that God has given will manifest fully in your life. Because this message is for you. It's for me. It's for those who have been faithfully following his steps. It's also to encourage those who will come after you and I. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, your word is here. Amen. Father, I give you your word to them and to myself. Blessings and glory and honor are all yours. My Jesus, my Lord, my God and my friend, my hope, our words are, I have no words to say anything today except to say thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, who continues to explicate words through us. Thank you, Father God, for your blessings, your protective shield, Lord. May all these blessings, Lord, Father, return to all. I mean, may all others who hear this broadcast, Father, even experience more of your blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they experience more of your protective shield that they will not fall. Open their eyes and their heart so that when they embrace and see, they can never fall. So they will be sent us to draw others to you, my Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Visit them in their homes. Those who are suffering, Lord, be the encourager. Those who are whatever trials and temptations, Lord, Father, guide them. But Father, pull down everything that offends. Those who use your name for profit, pull them down. Those who use your name for blasphemy, pull them down. Let them not succeed. Let forever any group, anywhere groups are trying to stamp out the gospel of Christ. May those groups fail. May they fail. Whether in the political arena, whether it's in the economic arena, whether it's in whatever arena it is, Father, may they fail in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless those Lord who bless your children, who make a way for them to continue to preach in peace and pull down those who want to stamp out the name of Jesus on earth. We give you all the praise, all the glory, my Father, my God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank you all who have come. Please share these messages. Do the work of evangelists. The Lord is on the throne. He loves you all. He loves you all. Thank you, Jesus. See you next Sunday by His grace. Jesus will.